Hola Aldo. Hola Juan. How are you? Welcome. Hi Juan. <laughs> Hi everyone. Hi everybody. Translators, thank you for being here and recording people. It's very good to see you Aldo. Yes Juan, it's amazing to be here. It's an honor. I think there's Tim. Tim is going to be joining very soon. I think he's here. Yeah, but Hola, Tim. My video. Cool. Welcome, Tim. Thank you for showing up. We know you are a very busy um, person. Uh, you should let. Okay, one second. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Just one last thing, setting up interpretation. Berta is doing the Spanish. Natalie, the Ukrainian. No, Natalie, the Russian. Areta, the Ukrainian. Katie, the Chinese. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Tim. Hello, how are you? Very good, and you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Good to see you. <laughs> good to see you as well. Okay, so let me just give you a brief introduction on what are we doing here tonight. This is session number, okay. Um, wait a moment. Something's going on with the language. Yeah, every every interpreter should be according to my tech table. Everything is good. I hope. So this is session number 86. We are on our way to reach the 100 sessions, 108, hopefully, it's an auspicious number. And what we are doing these days is we are going through a collection on sessions about the Bodhisattva Charyavatara. It's a beautiful work that Master Shantideva wrote. Like what? Um, I don't know, what is it? Han uh, uh, um, what is it? Now I'm lost. It's like 70, 70 50 after Christ. How many years ago is that? Like almost a thousand and four hundred years. Oh, now I can't hear you. But anyways, like twelve hundred fifty years around yeah. that. A long time ago. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine. Just think about that. Like a thousand and two hundred years ago, people were already wondering about these things. This is so beautiful. And we are here struggling with the same things, right? Anyways, <laughs> this is a beautiful guide on, basically we are on the subject on how to develop bodhicitta. What Master Shantideva does in his work is, is very, I find it very, very interesting because first he talks about what it is. We already did that. And then he talks about why it's good for us to get it. So he, he tries to sell the products, right? 
But then he said, okay, once that you know what it is and why it's going to be so amazing for your life and everybody else around you, if you get, if you get to get it, uh, now we have to start talking about the steps to get it. And first he said, you have to get ready and clean yourself. Uh, he goes big into purification. Not only that, but first he says, okay, first you have to present some um, nice offerings to the three jewels. We talked about it already. How to present offerings to basically an absence, because as you may know, the three jewels are very connected to emptiness. And emptiness is an absence, something that is not there. Interesting, right? Then how to do postrations, develop this attitude of admiration for the three jewels again an absence mostly in a way and then he said okay and now you're ready to get yourself like a deep um bath i don't know how to call it like cleansing process before you get the the i like to think about it just in a funny way body cheat is like a hardcore substance it's like being on asteroids or something that it's gonna enhance your life and your abilities and so much things in you but if you want to be able to hold like like these superhero movies right i don't know if you ever watch captain america like the movie marvel he gets like a special treatment and his body just becomes like super powerful and stuff i like to think of bodhicitta something similar in a way like a certain kind of energy that allows us to do so much good for this world for some for everybody really at the end. But if you want to get that, you need to get your body ready. And, and one of the first steps to do it is to purify, take away the bad things. Now, once that it's clean, you can get the actual, the actual um, fun substance. <laughs> All right. So that's the context. We are here tonight to talk about the first step on purify, purifying ourselves. As you may be familiar with, uh, we are talking about the four powers of purification. And what surprises me about the, this reading we are using is that Master Shantideva and also Gyal Sabye, they go very in deep, very deep into each one of them. So each one of them has like a lot to, to, to explore. Even just the first one we are doing tonight is called destruction power, many times known as intelligent regret. So I would like to start this talk by asking the panelists, Tim, Aldo, thank you so much for coming. Uh, maybe they don't really need an introduction because they are <laughs> worldwide famous by now. <laughs> Probably, I don't know, but. I'm, I'm sure most of you know them. Um, can you describe in your own words, what do you understand by intelligent regret and why in your own experience, this plays a very important role on purifying the bad things we have done? Maybe, um, yeah, anyone, I was about to ask Aldo because the team camera went off a little bit, but uh, well, yeah, why don't you start, Aldo, and then team as well. Okay, thank you, Juan. Well, uh, 
first of all, I I, I was wondering uh, because I think in the in the sutra and the four practices they are presented in a different order, and then Master Shantideva and Yal Sabje present them in a different order. <laughs> And then uh, it's a different order as we usually know the teachings outside this Master Shantideva ACI where, where we know the four powers and intelligent regret is like number two. When we, when, we, when we listen to this teaching like outside ACI, like more in DCI or you know the four, five by four, we see intelligent regret in number two. And Master Shantideva puts it in number one. So that's like also like a good debate. Why the different orders? But I think um, intelligent regret is basically it's just to know you, you, you screwed up. You, you did something that's not going to be good for you, you know? It's just like when they say, like, you see that you're with your friends and you see they take some poison and they fall dead and you, you are, you, then you realize you took the poison too and it's going to hurt you. It's kind of that feeling when you know you, you, your most valuable and precious and beautiful asset, your mind and your heart, and you put like a small stain on it. So you, you, you don't want it there because you know it's going to, the outcome, it's going to be a result that's going to hurt you. So you want to clean it. You are, you are like, I wasn't mindful enough. I was careless and I did this mistake. So you really regret it because you know it's not going to be good for you. And then if you go like a bit deeper, since the reality is coming from your seeds, and you experience the world through your mind. If you go deeper in this idea, the regret is if you make a mistake by hurting someone else and you put like a bad imprint in your mind, then you're hurting like the whole world because the world is going to be experienced by that solely, by that, uh, how do you say, by that stained mind. So it's if you go like very, very profound with the, Flaxam Namdak, personal responsibility. We have to be very careful and we have to regret our careless mistakes of hurting someone else or not being kind or just being like sloppy. Because really the like the deeper repercussions is that we're just uh creating a, a worse world. And at the end, what we really want is to create a paradise where everyone can achieve their dreams and when everyone where everyone is happy and bliss. So the regret, you can take it like to a very deeper level, to a very deeper personal responsibility of how your actions are created, have a great effect on your mind and therefore in the whole world. So it's just like very, being very, very, very mindful of trying to be the best you can with your mind and try to put the best imprints that are full of love and compassion. And that's, it's, I think it's a beautiful practice. And also I was, uh, the reading that also the reading is amazing. I really recommend that reading. I, I was reading the 
today, and it's just delightful the reading. And there were they mentioned a lot of maybe I'm I'm talking about some I'm confession. I'm talking maybe I'm jumping in a question a further question Juan, but they talk a lot about confession in the intelligent regret, and I think the it's very connected because it's just you know you you made a mistake and then you you want to you want to confess you want to because you know you did it and you want to like open your heart actually in the i like that in the preliminaries the word for confess the part in the meditation preliminaries for confession in tibetan i think is shakpa and i like that word because it's like a onomatopoeia it's like shak pa. it's like opening your heart like if you cut if you cut a, a log of wood with an axe and it's like shut and then bah, and that's what you have to do with your heart really to open like oh i did this mistake and i i really recognized i did this my mind wasn't my mind wasn't in the right place and i did this mistake so i opened my heart and i confess and i think that's a very important part of the of the intelligent regret because you know you did this mistake and you want to op be open about it and regret about it so that's yeah that's my take about the intelligent regret i really like how you connected with the confession part because it seems to me that in a way acknowledging it's a big part of the beginning of purifying. And I'm so surprised when I do the reading, how, I don't know, like 90% or more, who knows really of the bad things we do are connected with a lack of understanding. And in a way, acknowledging something is taking us closer to understanding. Acknowledging and understanding are very related in many different ways. So I like it. It seems that wisdom, understanding, acknowledging something, it's already a big step on, on purifying. Um, I would like now to ask Tim, um, how will you describe the importance or the role in this intelligent regret, when we want to purify something we have done, a bad thing we have done, I guess. What do you think is the, the essence of intelligent regret? Hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Ben Kramer, and I'm gonna take a different tact eventually on this. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's great. But the, I'll, I'll answer your question first in a certain way. Um, you know, the, the four powers show up, right? It's sort of a logical thing that happens. You learn about how to plant a seed. Like you learn about all the different things, what happens when you do something, the kind of results you're going to get, you know, how to create the things that you want in this life or even deeper in and like more ultimate sense in your spiritual life. 
and then you come up you come up against you like wow i learned how to do this but do i have to experience the results that i did of things i did previously right and those things you that you've done previously before you had any kind of understanding right what do i do with that stuff like you know what can i do and and it's a natural progression of learning and then you say, oh, well, yeah, there's this thing called the four powers, right? There's this thing called how do you deal with seeds you've already planted, right? And, and I personally, I have a different relationship with it. And those two things I want to bring up. One is, you know, the idea of purifying, you know, like if you have a bucket of, of water, right, that's, you know, full of mud and dirt and everything, right? Like, how do you get, the dirt out of the water, right? You could, you know, you could get a, a, you know, you could have another bucket and put a strainer on top and then pour, right? And then the dirt stays on top and then you got pure water underneath of it, right? However, right, you know, that's not quite how purification works. You're not like, it doesn't give you a justification. You're like, well, I just, you know, I yelled at somebody yesterday, so I'm going to do the four powers. So I'm going to purify that seed. Well, what the hell does that mean? Like, no, I still have to see the result, right? I yelled at somebody yesterday. I got annoyed by somebody yesterday. I, all the things that happen when you, when you get irritated, right? <laughs> um, you know, and the four powers for me is more like the intelligent regret of, damn, I have to see a result. Right. It's not, oh, I'm going to do the four powers and, and do an antidote and blah, blah, blah. And then therefore I'm not going to see the result. Right. No, I have to see that result because I did it. So the intelligent regret part is I did it. Right. Dang, I did it. Right. And so I have to see a result from that. And I'm going to do this practice so I can get that seed to ripen as quickly as possible so that it doesn't grow into some monster. Like it's going to grow into something, but it's not going to be a monster. Right. You know, and I just finished teaching the Diamond Cutter Sutra course, and there's a whole section in it that basically says, oh, yeah, by the way, when you study emptiness, get ready for purification, right? And what that means is get ready for all those bad seeds that go off sooner than they would have. And this is actually where I want to go. Okay. Right. right. So, you know, it talks about like when you start studying the Diamond Cutter Sutra, you're going to have negative seeds ripen. You know, and actually the best part of it was, you know, it talks about, you know, instead of a seed that was destined to ripen to send you to, you know, some kind of negative rebirth, right? Some kind of negative place might ripen as a headache, mm -hmm. right? And it was lovely for me because I had a three week migraine <laughs> while teaching this course, like it was nasty, right? And I'm like, God, I just saved myself ages, right? Maybe lifetimes, maybe, right? And that was kind of fun in that way, but the seed still has to ripen, right? The seed still had to ripen. It just ripened in a little 
yeah, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, I had a headache and blah, 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 and other stuff. But it's a lot less, it's a lot more comfortable than being surrounded by, you know, read whatever story from ACI 8 you want, right? <laughs> About all the different things that can happen to us. But there's this other part that happens, and this is where I, you know, was trying to dig out of the reading as well. And the Diamond Cutter Sutra, it talks about, you know, all the seeds that are planted with, and this is what I thought of when you said one a little bit ago. Everything that you did without understanding, without wisdom, right, is like that seed is like caked, covered in misunderstanding, right? You know, and I love the reading because it was like, yeah, you know, doing nice things for your friends because you like them isn't going to help you in the end. <laughs> Sorry, Juan, I, I like doing nice things for you, but I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's like, you got to understand why, you know, and the idea of, you know, how does one become enlightened and burn off all those bad seeds, right? How do you get rid of all of those negative seeds and do it quickly? And what they say is it's not so much that you, you know, you're pouring that water out onto a strainer and then you're left with the clear water. It's more like all that mud just goes to the bottom and it can never come out again. And I've been wondering why. You know, and I think there's a hint in the Diamond Cutter Sutra about it, about um, seeds. What's the difference between seeds planted with wisdom and the seeds planted with ignorance or seeds planted with misunderstanding, right? And I think if you can attack the misunderstanding and your mind becomes less and less in a misunderstanding mode, then seeds planted in misunderstanding can't possibly ripen. Can you repeat that? Yes. <laughs> Seeds planted in misunderstanding require a misunderstanding mind for them to ripen in. Wow. Okay. So if your mind is in a, mi a, a mind of wisdom, mm -hmm. then how could a misunderstanding seed ripen? This is my debate. This is my debate. That's amazing. That's so, amazing. So my question really is like, well, how do, what is the role of intelligent regret, right? I think the role of intelligent regret is to be like, damn it, I'm stuck in misunderstanding. And I'm, you know, like imagine, I mean, just think about what, my, if I just look at my life, when I get pissed off and angry, what happens to everything around me? It just becomes, a cesspool of misunderstanding. I get mad at one person, then I get mad at another person, and then I'm tired, and then I'm grumpy, and then this happens, and this happens, and it becomes a, you know, just, you know, it just goes, yeah. right? So, you know, for me, intelligent regret is like, damn it, I'm gonna get stuck once again in a mind that will arise out of misunderstanding. And so then I'm gonna be forced to continue experiencing this samsaric realm without a way of getting out. So that's what intelligent regret means to me today. Is like, 
I misunderstood that. And you know, you know, you misunderstood something when, you know, the moment you have a reaction to it, even a good reaction sometimes, right? As soon as somebody says something and I get tight, and you've seen me one when I'm out of seen it, like when I get like, uh, right? <laughs> you know, it just, it, once it happens, it happens, like it's over. Like everything that happens after that, you're done until you can interrupt it. And if your intelligent regret meter is like, is strong, you can be like, oh my God, I'm getting mad at nothing right now. I'm not mad at Aldo. I'm just having a seed ripen because Aldo said something and I'm not, I'm not mad at you right now, Aldo, but I'm just using an example because you're sitting here, right? How about this? You know, someone I did get mad at two or three days ago. Like, as soon as I got upset inside, forget any wisdom, gone. It was just gone. You know, and I walked out and my regret was, damn, that was ignorant. That was, that's just going to create more misunderstanding me, misunderstanding mind. So... I find it very interesting that now you're talking about once you get upset. Why is this? Because uh, in the root text, in the Bodhisattva Charyavatara, Master Shantideva first goes through, as Aldo mentioned, the confession. Very interesting that uh, the way he does it is by like, I, I call all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas to hear what I have to say right like please listen to me and this topic also goes into sometimes you confess in front of a friend in front of a teacher sometimes in front of a group of very special people for you but yeah i think it's connected to this like acknowledging first and all that you say tim regards wisdom because once that you acknowledge that it was not a very good thing to do because the result is gonna bring it already proves that you have somehow some certain notions on how reality works. It's like already bringing your mind to this idea of, um, how should we call it? Karma and emptiness. Seeds and emptiness. So it's already somehow taking you to this enlightened field where enlightened or wise seeds can ripen. So now, then Master Shantideva moves on a little bit more. And then he also says, like something like, in all my lives, I've been uh, planting bad seeds. Because as you say, Tim, uh, friends and enemies. And it's very interesting because in the commentary, Gelsabje already interprets this as, okay, Master Shantideva is already talking about friends and enemies or friends and enemies and this is connected towards attachment and anger it seems that ignorance we have heard this explanation before like ignorance is like the very root and from there to like the evil helpers of ignorance attachment and anger come and they are like their forces, like their armies or something. Master Shantideva says that the, the bad seeds we have planted are because of our attachment and because of our anger. 
So what I would like to ask you next, both of you is, what about situations? Let's say we really want something, but it's not very clear if the way that we are gonna use to get it is good or bad. Like I want something that I believe is gonna be very good and my motivation is good. Let's just simplify and talk about money. I want money, why? Because if I have the money, I can help so many people and I can help whoever, like, I don't know, my family members or I'm just imagining situations. So I get a chance to maybe somehow, it's like, I'm not really gonna hurt anybody, but maybe I may do something that it's a little bit obscure, that maybe avoid some taxes. I'm just pretending, right? Like putting forward like a moral dilemma. And then um, it's like, my motivation is good. The result I wanna get is good, but maybe the means towards that result are, are not totally clear. How will you connect this with ignorance, attachment, anger, and the result is gonna get like, how will you advise someone? Because in a way we, we should be able to get everything we want. Isn't it the case? We should be able to imagine how our perfect reality, life, paradise will look like and have exactly what we want. But always, as um, sometimes it's called, enlightened self-interest. How will you talk about how to move from desire and anger or disliking to enlightened desire, enlightened wanting, enlightened disliking? And how to prevent then ourselves from planting bad seeds? Does any thoughts come to you, Aldo, with this? Well, uh, I think you kind of were talking like of this, like the Robin Hood syndrome. And Maybe. I think <laughs> Buddhism explains very clearly and like very simple, like what's like a mixed seed a mixed karma what's like a good karma what's like a bad karma and even though your motivation is you can say good but the action you make it's not good then so it's it's very clear it, it, it will be just like fooling yourself thinking that if you avoid taxes you're gonna get more money even though you your motivation is that with that money you're gonna help Casa Huichol, it's kind of just like fooling yourself. And I think like a true Buddhist practice, you can sum it up in don't fool yourself. <laughs> so and then it's like subtle ways or of fooling yourself. It's like, come on, just like simple language. Okay, so you're telling me that if you if you plant this like bitter radish, you're going to get this sweeter fruit. It's just like, duh. <laughs> it's, mm. it's impossible. But if you fall in that trap, 
then I I I loved uh, Tim's explanation about the intelligent regret connected to the wisdom. It's because in a way I think you're you're lacking wisdom and you're like more attached to this idea or to the outcome, but you're you're being like uncareful or fooling yourself with the the ways or the means you're gonna do it. And I think if you're like Tim said, if you're like really, if you have like a, if your mind is set really on wisdom, you're gonna avoid, you're gonna avoid uh, any bad deed, even the subtle ones. And uh, really, this is like the body sattva charya vatara, and then that's why I talked about uh, the personal responsibility. And if you take it deeper, like to a really like deep personal responsibility like you're you're not only like planting a bad seed but you're like creating a worse world because the world is experienced through your through your mind and through your seeds so it's just like come on you're fooling yourself and we do it like well i'm um uh me not i'm not talking about you guys but me I get full, I fool myself a lot in many little subtle ways. And I think as a true Buddhist practitioner, as like in my in my case, I do the four powers very frequent. When I when I when I I realize I was fooling myself and like subtly, I don't know, I go with my mom and subtly I judge her or something, then I realize and I catch my mind and I was no 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 you're you're justifying why you're judging her but come on it's just like a subtle way of planting a bad seed and then in that moment like I do my four powers and I do my four powers and I think it's a beautiful practice we should do like we should keep doing it like constantly and the key is just to really be very mindful and don't fool yourself and don't don't fall in those mental traps that you're like that you can bend the laws of karma or <laughs> not possible not possible so i think the 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 key here is like tim said wisdom we have to keep studying we have to keep practicing more and more and uh keep keep training our mind more and more and have like a mindset that is imbued with the correct view of emptiness more and more and more and more and more. And then the debate team said is that if you, if you like only like uh, the bad seeds, he said, basically he said that bad, bad seeds, you plant them with misunderstanding. So they must ripen in a mind that is in misunderstanding. So basically he said that if you get rid of the misunderstanding, because to plant a bad seed, you have to have misunderstanding. You said 90%, but I will say 100%. <laughs> so Tim said, if you get rid of your misunderstanding, then no more bad seeds are going to ripen. That's a good debate. But then you would say, so then an area doesn't get... Uh, in the mental stream of an area, no men, no bad seed ripens ever. But I've heard that small, little, tiny seeds. But then the debate is: so the area, it's not 
Daria has sometimes small spaces of misunderstanding for that small seeds to ripen. I don't know. It's a good debate. But I think the connection and the key must be wisdom and wisdom in the in the whole extent of what wisdom means. And that will, it's like your safeguard from these little attachments or these little like tricks or fooling yourself that you can, these mental traps that you can be caught with. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. Can I respond or, or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to ask. <laughs> And there, there is also a question. Team's debate is awesome. Huh? It, it got me like my hamster. Like, hey. <laughs> hey. there is also a question in the chat. It's basically the same, but we use the time to to put it there. It says, "How to fulfill my cherished desires with the help of the system?" And any whatever team, if you want to answer whatever you had in mind, go ahead. All right. Cool. So couple of things. One, um, an aria still sees things coming from the outside. They just have lost the, they have permanently ended the one affliction that understands that it's wrong or understand that it's not wrong. How about that? Right? So the only thing that they know is like they don't believe what they see. Right? So yeah, stuff still happens, right? I mean, this, this is the great, we, we can keep going deeper in this debate. Um, but, you know, the thing that I, I thought about during this reading, you know, what Aldo was saying about the subtle seeds, right? Like, how do you subtly trick yourself, right? In what way do you, um, you know, we have an expression in English called spiritual bypassing, right? You use your, you use your um, good methods to then justify your bad deeds, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. So, so here we go. So you asked the question, like the question here of like this is where I wanted to go. So the question Sabuti asked is perfect. Um, you know, how do you get the things that you cherish the most, the most cherished things in life, right? So the things that, you know, when we start teaching this system, like, it's like, oh, like, well, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you want? Like, oh, well, I want money. I want spirit. I want financial independence. I want health. I want a really good relationship. I want all of those things, right? Okay, well, you can do the four steps. Great. Okay, do the four steps. Wonderful. Then you go, well, dang, I just learned that, you know, seeds grow. Therefore, I must have done some bad things that I have to experience. Correct. So let's do the four powers. Yay, right? So you start on this, this stuff, right? But then at a certain point, and I think this is what this reading is pointing out, is that those, quote, worldly goals, if you don't have a deeper understanding in mind when you're getting them or even how you got them or how you keep them, then you're just spiritual bypassing because and you're forgetting, you just forget that all good things come to an end. Mm. Except maybe one or two. But <laughs> you know, most good things, mainly all good things come to an end. Okay, how about that for the debate ground? 
Um, because, you know, you'll get a lot of money and then you won't have money. You get a body and it's healthy and then it's not healthy, right? You get a relationship and then either one of you dies first or you happen to die together in an airplane crash or something, right? You know, like it all will come to an end because you were born and it has to, you have to die. So like, how do we move from, like as a teacher, how do you move somebody from, you know, I, I just need more comfort in my life. Tim, how do you do it? Okay, well, let's do the four steps. Great, right? But then you have to get the student to a point to understand that the things that you get also wear out. And if you don't understand that, you're just setting yourself up for more unhappiness because, again, because your mind is stuck in misunderstanding 100% of the time, right? Maybe 99.9999%. Maybe you have a, a little blip like a random blip. So it's stuck there. So how do we use a mind that's stuck in misunderstanding and hope to God that someday it doesn't have it, right? You know, how does, how do we unravel all of that? And, you know, and that's part of the path of preparation, right? At a certain point, your understanding, intellectual understanding becomes good enough that you don't have to worry about lower lower births. You don't have to worry about, you know, things being bad for you because you've understood enough how to keep it going. Like, how do you keep this body going? How do you keep finances going? How do you keep relationships going? How do you, but more importantly, how do you keep a teacher going? Like, how do you keep your practice going? Right. And I think that's what this teaching is, is this reading is about. It's like, yeah, get all of those things. Like you want to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable, you can't meditate. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> it's impossible. Like three weeks of migraines. How many times did I meditate? Not much. I'll tell you that my head hurt. Right. And even when I tried to meditate, it was like, you know, fine. Um, but how do you keep it going? And I think that's the main thing, you know, so how you can build more and more, intellectualized wisdom on top of it, right? Because you can't take any, like, great, we have wonderful worldview organizations, right? You know, we have mixed nuts, we have DCI, we have ALL, we have YSI, we have all of them, right? But they're, are we making businesses that are gonna last forever? Maybe. But if we get stuck in the idea that it will last forever without understanding how to make it last forever, then we're just bypassing. You know, we're just getting stuck and we're just creating misunderstanding mind. You know, so like I think the subtle aspect is yes, get what you want. Like try, but then you need to learn how to keep it. And learning to keep it is not by holding on to it. It's about giving it back away, right? Like, oh, I, you know, how do you share, right? You know, okay, you get more money, give it away, right? You get a good, you get a nice partner, don't give your partner away, but, you know, <laughs> go take care of the causes that created the partner, right? That's what I mean, <laughs> you know? Although in Kyoto, we're going to talk about a story about a 
king who gave away his partner <laughs> as a bodhisattva. It's a fascinating story. Um, but, you know, really, it's like if you misunderstand how to get the most cherished things, or if you think that just doing the four steps, if you think the four steps are self existent in any way, if you think the four steps have any power on in their from their own side, sure, you'll get some nice results, but it won't last. It can't last. So I would say, I think the deeper you get into the practice, the more you focus on the things that will last and less on the things that won't last. You know, and that, and that becomes unique to each person. We can't tell you what those things are. Yay, so we are done with the program. <laughs> no, not really, but it's so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, Tim. Juan, can I, can I add something? Tim remind me of something. He talked about uh, the paths, and I think it's at the almost at the end of the second path, this mastery level where you like freeze the bad deeds that will take you to lower realms. And like to be on that path, I think it has like five or six indicators. And one indicator is, I remember it was that when things get like dark, when the, sh when the poop hits the fan, you have a very, very like, strong uh, mind of a correct view and remember emptiness. And I think as a, as a ruler or as a meter, that, that's like a sign that you're doing good. That's like, oh, so like, for example, now my dear cat Panchito, it's not moving much. He has like not many days, not many more days of life and it's very sad but then like in this now it's when you have to use like all that we've learned when 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 we are like in very difficult sad like dark situations how much can we remember like emptiness how much can we take it like with a higher view and i think to take it to a practical way if when the poop hits the fan you have like a good emptiness mind then it's like i'm doing very good <laughs> and i think that's just I, I i wanted to comment that uh, to put it in a practical way i think that's like a good meter to know how how you're doing with your develop development of wisdom in your mind no because it's difficult when things get difficult in your life. It's difficult to have like a clear emptiness mind. It's very difficult not to get afflicted, not to be like very, uh, not to lose the balance. It's very difficult. And I think that's a good, a good meter. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Then in the reading, Master Shantideva also talks about he makes us be aware of the uncertainty of life and death. 
that we tend to believe that we have however many years because we tend to think that the average lifespan is about whatever years and we can get confident about it but he brings to this topic like we could die anytime so i would like just to share with the audience and with you panelists like imagine how it what will you do and what will you stop doing if you knew for sure that you have only one week left it will be very interesting i think to know like like what things you will stop doing what things you will definitely keep doing and stuff um but anyways as far as i understand one of the reasons he brings up this is because sometimes we may foolish ourselves or i can like by saying okay i want this and i think getting it could be very good and blah blah blah, blah. maybe i will have to do a few bad things in order to get it if we have time i would actually like to ask you a very i i kind of think of it as a traditional question but and see what you say but before going there so yeah i'm gonna have to do maybe some obscure, obscure things that i don't yet know if are totally good totally bad but i'm gonna get the result whatever and then i think of myself if anything if i plant a bad seed i will purify it and then master shantideva and gil subject go into this like no wait 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 there is a problem here because some seeds take longer to purify than others. I have here like very, very, very advanced teachers talking about having to purify seeds for years, like working towards this purification of a very single seed for years, like, like even like five, 10 years. So what if they say, Master Shantideva and Gelsabye, what if you don't have time to purify it? Even you try to purify it, but what if you die in a week? And maybe purifying that seed will take you 10 years, right? What will be your approach on how to live our lives as if we understand we can die at any time, any moment, tomorrow, in a week, whatever, versus living your life like we need to plan for the future and sometimes we can plant better seeds if we do actually plan ahead and we have sometimes i have here this idea of like the more spiritually advanced you are the longer your plans start going right like i plan a day ahead i plan a week ahead a month ahead maybe but like very advanced spiritual practitioners start planning like years years and years and years ahead what will be your take on we don't know when are we gonna die live your day as if it was the last day versus plan ahead and how you connected with this idea of if i do a bad seed i may not be able to purify it quick enough You want to take it out or do you want me to start? <laughs> you can start, Tim. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I think the point of the question is, do you live every day as though it's your last? 
right? You know, yeah, if someone came up to me and said, look, Tim, I'm sorry, but in seven days, you're going to die, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a, you know, that's a, what you're kind of asking. And then you're like, well, damn, I just got mad yesterday. Da, 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 all these things happened, you know, they say that, you know, at the, you know, it is a powerful seed to regret everything you've done. So like, if someone is dying, like, you know, getting someone to even admit, like, you know, my grandfather was, you know, a soldier in World War II, right? And he was, uh, he was on boats. And I know he, he never talked about it, but I know he participated in killing people, right? I know, you can tell, like, he's just like, he never talked about it, but, you know, you could tell, you know, and it pained me to hear some of the stories. Um, you know, but if I could have, I didn't get a chance to, but if I imagine that if I could have, I could have got him, you know, in the last days of his life to say, you know, admit that it was wrong and that he would never do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just saying, you know, look, if I saw came to me and said, look, Tim, in seven days, you're done. Right. I probably would just be like, I'm just going to do a blanket purification. Like, yes, I've done all this dumb shit past, like with all these people, I've done all of this. Right. And I won't do it again. I got seven days. I can probably, I can probably keep that for pretty good. Right. But I think the whole point of the exercise is to be like, live as though you only have that day left. Like, you know, why? If I'm mad at someone, why stay mad? Like, okay, yeah, I got mad. The seed ripened, fine. I'm sorry. I get mad all the time. I don't get mad all the time, but a lot. Okay. Right. I get frustrated. You know, most of it's in my own head. Right. But if I really realized that I could, I could fall down the stairs on my way out of here. Right. And I could die, break my neck, and no one would find me to the morning. Right. You know, cancel that reality. Okay. But as an example, right? You know, if I live my life as though it is my last day, then I'm not going to be worried about the stupid little drama in everyday life. I would just be like, whatever. I got, I got bigger seeds to plant. I got a 500 year plan. Even if I fall down those stairs tonight, the seeds I'm planting right now are for 500 years, right? You know, it's, you know, and then, you know, while things are good, you got to practice. You just have to practice. Like, this is why you need to get into the advanced teachings because the advanced teachings teach you how to die, <laughs> right? They, you know, they teach you how, what happens in the death process, you know, get yourself ready, get yourself ready. That's all you do the whole time. Like it's getting yourself ready, you know? And oh, so it's depressing, Tim, that you're practicing dying all the time. No, it's not depressing because if you understand where stuff comes from, it's the most liberating thing because anything can be anything in this moment. Sorry. Sorry, translators. I know you're there. (laughs) Right? Anything could be anything in any moment. So if I'm practicing dying, then I could arise as anything right now. So do I want to arise as an asshole or do I want to arise as an enlightened being? 
which one do I want to be? Some days I'm more on this side than this side, mostly on this side, but I'm trying to go this way. <laughs> right? So, yeah, like, I think the point would be don't, don't sweat the small stuff, as we say in English. Like, don't sweat the small stuff. Like, do something that's going to help 500 years from now. Don't worry about the stupid stuff today. Because the stupid stuff today is coming from past seeds anyway. So just let it go. My teachers are experts at it. And I wish I could be that good. I try. Usually I fail. <laughs> but I try. Beautiful. You want to say something regards Araldo? Or I have another question for you. Yeah, I think uh, just, well, Tim basically talked about the death meditation. And I think it's, it's a very beautiful practice. Actually, I was seeing this statistic the other day, and it's like, this is the rate people are dying in the world now. Like, I know it's depressing, but it can be very empowering to, to know this. Like, 1.8 people per second, almost two. Mm -hmm. This is the rate, imagine. So... As Tim said, we don't know when we're going to be this next snap, you know, but it's depressing, but, but we can use it to empower ourselves. And I was just thinking today I was with my dad and I was thinking myself, if I knew it was going to be my last days, would I have looked at him in the same way? Would I have said the same words I said? Would I have hugged him? Hugged him sorry the same way and it all leads you death meditation to empower you must lead you to love so if you really have are mindful that you can die anytime then you're gonna practice a deeper love in every step you take and i think we must connect it to the kindness and compassion so we must we must we must think about to live our life with love. And then when we're really living our life with love, as, as Tim said, you're gonna think in the next 500 <laughs> years, the next uh, 10,000 years, because you really have this love and you really want to have this impact and really want to change the world. So that, that's the way to use like a very, uh, to use death meditation that's a very empowering practice and not as a depressing one i think so and uh, yeah yeah thank you i find it that very interesting like this this combination between doing things in the long term with a vision of 500 years and at the same time thinking that at any moment things can drastically change basically meaning die <laughs> but i think it's cool and there is a, a a very interesting combination of those to chew on um i yeah, really I, I, I just want to say one more thing thank you. yeah please and when you said basically you know that you know in the moment everything can change immediately you know death comes but i would say the same possibility is that enlightened paradise comes too in a single moment beautiful right? those two things are equally possible 
it just we're just stuck on the death side. Great, 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 great. great. I just wanted to say it. I just want to say it cheaply possible. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's a very, um, it's a must. Thank you for bringing it up. It is. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, we have reached the the time for the program, but I find this very, very nourishing. I really did find it. I'm so glad that you both came to the program and I'm very looking forward to have you both again. Um, let me just tell you super quickly that one of the reasons I choose to, to have a, like a series on the Bodhisattva Charya Bhattara is because Geshe Michael during the last term, he announced it, that he's gonna write his very first like official commentary as a, as a part of the lineage of scriptures that have been going through 2,500 years. To me, this is a really, really meaningful uh, and a, um, how do you say, a um, milestone um, on the lineage. Geshe Michael decided that he's gonna write a commentary on the Bodhisattva Charya Bhattara, and we're gonna have the chance to see that process going. He already started somehow with like a brief introduction last term, but he's gonna go deeper next term. Next term is gonna happen on January, January 6th we begin. So we are, if, we, if you follow through this class, it's gonna be on Segi's class. If you follow through it, you're gonna be able to study these topics again and go deeper and deeper on them. It's really, really, I really think that people may agree with me. It's a very, very exciting moment. Geshe Michael is writing his very first like commentary that's gonna go into the canon, probably. Oh, he's gonna write it in the ancient West China language. Um, and it's gonna be part of the, of the Sungbum. So it's great. Tune up and join us. Anyways, if you want to help and support all these projects, please feel consider donating for Diamond Cutter Classics. You just go to the website, diamondcutterclassics.org or come. Ah, I don't remember. How can I forget that, right? Let me just check super quickly. Uh, that come. Yeah, diamondcutterclassics.com. I'm going to share the link for you. Any support is really greatly appreciated. And it's very useful to keep the translators um, going, to keep these projects, these programs, sharing with the audience. So it's really, really, really something nice you can do if you feel like doing it. Thank you very much. We'll see you again soon and enjoy December. We are getting close to a Western New Year. So yeah, best wishes. Thank you for being around. Thank you, translators. Thank you, attendees. Thank you, team, so much. Thank you, Aldo, as well, so much. And Thank we'll soon see soon sometime. Thanks Thank you, team. Thank you, Juan. Yeah, thank you, Juan. Thank you, Aldo. Thanks for inviting me. I, I always love doing these things. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it's amazing. Very if meaningful. We, if we were one, we, we were to die today, we're in the right place. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll make sure I'll, I'll text you guys when I get home so you don't have to worry, all right? Okay. <laughs> But I, I love that team. Thank you for that hope. Like this snap can be like our paradise too. That's beautiful.
I stay with that. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Have a good night or a good morning. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, guys.